Welcome in to Ohio versus the World, an exclusive Ohio sports podcast where I discuss primarily the Ohio State Buckeyes, as well as some discussion on the Browns, Cavaliers, Indians, Blue Jackets, and crew. I am your host, Jacob Wilson, and today I'm joined by a good friend of mine, Cody. He came on my last podcast, and just as promised, he's going to come on this next podcast here tonight where we discuss uh, Ohio State. They played Northwestern. They beat them, won the Big Ten Championship. We're left out of the playoff, are going to the Rose Bowl, and then we'll talk a little bit about Dwayne Haskins for the Heisman. So how's it going, Cody? It's going really well, Jacob. Thank you. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Uh, obviously, we'll get into everything that happened, but even with everything that happened, I'm still feeling good about this Ohio State season and going to the Rose Bowl, and we'll get into that, though. Absolutely. All right, sweet. So let's just jump into obvious the, obviously the first thing we want to talk about, and that is last night's game, Ohio State in Indianapolis. Lucas Oil Stadium took on the Northwestern Wildcats and won 45-24. to First takeaway here, man, is back-to-back Big Ten champions. How does that feel? It feels fantastic. I just want to start out by saying, Buckeye Nation, we have a new slogan. In Dwayne Haskins, we trust. This guy is out here doing phenomenal things. And just he just he shows why he deserves to win this Heisman Trophy. Yeah, man. I mean, he's been special all year long. and But especially these last, uh, I want to say, yeah, three games. Maryland, uh, obviously the defense sh- didn't show up, but he scores 52 points. He has a huge game in his hometown. And then against Michigan, the best defense, he dropped 62 points. He was the main main player in that game. He went in for 400 yards against Michigan. That's unheard of. And in this game here, he goes for 499 yards, basically 500 yards, five touchdowns, 34 for 41, which is a very good completion percentage. Like you said, man, Dwayne Haskins, and we, Dwayne Haskins we trust, and he was the guy this game. He was the big reason why Ohio State won this game so comfortably, and he's really just the main takeaway from what has been a pretty good Ohio State season. Dwayne Haskins is definitely in there for a Heisman candidate. Absolutely, absolutely. The kid, he he has definitely redefined what it means to be an Ohio State quarterback, and he should just continue to go out and do his thing. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, before this, at least in my recent memory, you know, we've we've been growing up in an era where most of the QBs have been running quarterbacks who couldn't throw the ball super well, you know, like your Terrell Pryors, your Braxton Millers, JT Barrett, although JT could throw it decently well. But, man, Dwayne Haskins is a completely different quarterback than what we've been used to as Ohio State fans. And, yeah, he's just throwing it all over the yard, man. And he was doing that again last night, even when he struggled at times and even when they kept running the ball when it felt like they should be throwing more often, he still found a way to throw for 500 yards. Yeah, and I, I actually I have that right here. I mean, we saw Dwayne Haskins run more in the Big Ten championship game than I think we have all season. Mm-hmm. Um, we definitely got to see him move his legs a little bit especially during that uh, amazing scramble that he had that turned into a fantastic touchdown pass. Uh, just his ability to move inside and outside of the pocket uh, onto the field to make big plays happen is fantastic for this Buckeye offense. Yeah, yeah, that was a good play that you touched on. I believe you're talking about the first touchdown of the game where yep. he just found a way to scramble. It was like the most unlike Dwayne Haskins play we'd seen all year. He just kept scrambling around and then finally found uh, – Terry McLaurin in the back of the end zone. That kind of just set the stage for the whole game. Dwayne Haskins was going to take over, and Terry McLaurin as well had a really good game. He only caught three passes, but two of them were touchdowns. But, yeah, back-to-back Big Ten champions, man. Um, I think winning the Big Ten is still a very big deal. 
Yes, yes, it is. It, and it's a staple on what it is to be, you know, a Buckeye football player. You go out and you look forward to beating everyone in, you know, in your conference and showing that you are top dog. And we've done that two years in a row. Yep. And we've done it 37 times now. So I don't know where that ranks upon, among Michigan or the other Big Ten people, but I got to believe that's at least second in the conference. And it's got to be up there, at least lately, since Michigan hasn't won since 2004, the Big Ten, which is a crazy stat. Yeah, another another thing I wanted to pull away from uh, the Buckeyes from the Big Ten um, championship game and all season, really, is penalties. If there is one thing we need to work on as a unit is penalties. The discipline for penalties, I think, is really low. And I think Ohio State is actually tied for the most penalties in all of college football, if I'm not mistaken. And that, I mean, we just – we need to have more discipline when it comes to that kind of thing. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me if they were. They've been having penalties all season, and that was a big reason why Northwestern stayed around in this game. Um, at I think in the third quarter, they still at some point had zero penalties in the whole entire game, and Ohio State was racking up penalties. By the time Northwestern got their first penalty, Ohio State probably already had like 100 penalty yards. So, yeah, I mean, that's what we expected from Northwestern, though, that we knew they were going to be a well-coached team. They're going to be well-disciplined, and they were going to play bend-don't-break defense and try to score enough points on offense to keep up with you. And they did that well um, through most of the game. Yeah, they got down early 24-7, but they came out and punched us in the mouth at the beginning of the third quarter, made it 24-17, or or 24-21, I believe, very quickly. But Ohio State pulled away, made it a pretty comfortable win, won by three touchdowns, but – all credit to Northwestern, too. They had a great season, went 8-5, and five, got to the Big Ten Championship game, and they played pretty well in this game as well. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, and Northwestern's defense, um, actually there at the beginning of the second, second half, uh, started to, you know, jump on to the ball, making Haskins throw to uh, J.K. Dobson, J.K. Dobbins very often, and then uh, Northwestern able to rally up and tackle him for short yardage. But this play calling in general was kind of all over the place in this game for the Buckeyes. Uh, I felt like we were running plays and we really didn't need to um, when airing the ball out seemed to work uh, the whole game. I just think little things like that need to be touched up and, you know, smoothed out over the next, uh, you know, couple weeks getting in, getting ready for the trip to Pasadena uh, to face Washington in the Rose bowl. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, it was a lot of very weird play calls. And kind of like I said earlier, even with all that, he still threw for 500 yards. But, yeah, the play calling was extremely interesting. I think part of it was they just felt like they had to try to at least establish a run game. And, you know, they didn't want to throw on every single play. And I guess in a way that did work because every time we threw it deep, it felt like it connected. But, you know, part of you wants to see them just continue to throw it deep because every time they do it works. But maybe part of the reason it works is because they do do those run plays that don't seem to work. But, yeah, who knows? Um, but definitely, if you are going to run it, I'd rather see them run it up the middle, run it up their throat. But every time they ran sideways, man, it went for negative yards, it felt like. And every time Dwayne Haskins ran zone read and kept the ball, it was just awful. I don't understand why we ever do that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. The 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 sideways running, it just didn't work out. I mean, J.K. Dobbins had, you know, a fairly good game running up the middle, uh, mm-hmm. getting, getting quite a few first downs for us and getting some yards on the run game. But, uh, yeah, we just need to watch out for that kind of thing, man. Yeah. J.K. Dobbins, uh, talking about him, he went 17 carries, 68 yards, one touchdown. And then he also had uh, four catches for 50 yards. And the one touchdown catch he had was just a nice play. 
that pretty much capped the game off. That ended the game at maybe 45-24. It gave us a nice 21-point lead, which looks pretty good to the committee. Obviously, we'll get into that. But that last touchdown play was nice, a nice little wheel route, a perfect throw from Jordan Haskins and a great catch from J.K. Dobbins. And that was a pretty play. And J.K. Dobbins had a good game in general. And, uh, yeah, he, he played really well this game. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, I mean, not only the oh, the Ohio defense seem to really um, connect with each other this game um, their ability to get to uh, Northwestern's quarterback and get a few sacks in there uh, really helped out and you know showed the defense showed other teams that our defense um, is still strong and willing to do what it takes to win yeah yeah Chase Young he played really well um, he had three sacks actually he only had three tackles on the game but all three of them were sacks so Chase Young He's kind of been one of those players that, you know, he, obviously Nick Bosa went out against TCU, and then um, and the next big game was Penn State, and Chase Young stepped up for Nick Bosa, played really well in that game, had an amazing game, and we felt like, all right, this guy's going to be a star. And nothing against Chase Young, but he didn't play great, really, for the rest of the season. And then he had a pretty good game against Michigan last week, and then he had a great game here against Northwestern. Yeah, yeah, Chase Young definitely had some some big shoes to fill. And uh, in my opinion, he, he's doing a fantastic job in, you know, connecting with the rest of his defensive squad and giving them the confidence to go out and make big plays and uh, help the Buckeyes, you know, succeed in their season and get as far as they can, which led to a trip to Pasadena this yeah. season. Yeah, he was a big part of what happened yesterday. He played really well. Um, a few other players on the defense who played well. Let me see. Jordan Fuller, he had seven tackles. Um, he didn't play amazing, but Malik Harrison, obviously he was the player of the game on defense against Michigan. He had another good game. He went, he had six tackles. Yeah. Defense played pretty well here. Obviously they had two drives in this game that were God awful. Northwestern just drove it right down the field in a minute or two. But besides that, they played really well. Yeah. Yeah. And to jump back to the offensive side of the ball, um, Ohio state's ability to get back to first down on third and longs, that whole game was was fantastic to see and you know my heart was beating super fast and out of my chest every time a third down came I'm like we really need yeah. this and uh, their their ability to do that was was astonishing yeah it did feel like we were converting almost every time we needed to and it felt like we were making the plays every time we needed to uh we were up I think 24 21 at one point and we needed a big play and we got that interception from Arnett after it went off a helmet of a northwestern player it just felt like every time we needed something, we got it. Every time the game got close, we pulled away. Um, yeah, so High State just made the plays when they needed to, and back-to-back Big Ten champions, say what you will about not getting into the playoff, as we'll get into, but winning the conference, especially the Big Ten conference, which is definitely the second-best conference, if not the best, is still a very good, uh, still a very good accomplishment. Yes, yeah, it is, and it, it shows – after, you know, a bumpy middle of the season for the Buckeyes, it shows that, you know, we have the demeanor and what it takes to come out and, you know, win big over the uh, conference. Yeah. Yeah. And then the final thing I really had for this game was um, obviously at noon, uh, they needed Texas to win. Oklahoma wins. And then Georgia plays really close with Alabama, which means maybe that Georgia would get in over Ohio State. And if you're an Ohio State player and you're watching those results, you're thinking, the chances we get in are slim to none, and I think it was good to see them still go out there motivated to win this game. I was really scared with the results that happened that they were going to come out flat in this game, and I was scared of that because I really wanted to win the Big Ten. Like I said, it's a big deal to me, 
And I was more worried about just winning this game than I was blowing them out. I know everyone wanted to see Ohio State win by 50, but I just wanted to see us win the Big Ten. And I was a little bit scared with where the motivation would be after they saw Oklahoma beat Texas by a pretty good margin. And they still went out there and were extremely motivated for this game and then extremely motivated to win the Big Ten. Yeah, yeah, I can't agree with you more. Uh, I, I really needed the, Buckeye, the Buckeyes to come out here and, and show adversity over the Wildcats because Northwestern has a very, very, very good coach to defense, and I knew that one was going to be a little hump to get over. Uh, but they, they proved me right, and they came out and did what they needed to do uh, to seal their victory. Yes, sir. All right, so – Talking a little bit about the playoffs there, as I did, and that leads us into our next point. And as Ohio State ends up number six in the playoff polls, they miss out on the playoff for the second straight year, um, right on the edge for the second straight year as well. All five years they've been in the conversation. Three of them have missed out. Two times they've gotten in, one time leading to a national championship. So they end up six. Um, I guess the main bullet point here is do you think Ohio State should have been in? Um, I do think Ohio State should have been in. I think they could have easily – jumped Notre Dame mostly because Notre Dame without a conference didn't play in a conference championship this weekend number one number two Notre Dame uh I believe they barely beat Northwestern and Michigan and the Bucks beat them both by a pretty big margin which I think uh jumps them ahead of them into the playoff um and I think I think they should have I think they should have jumped Oklahoma as well because I mean Oklahoma being their only loss to Texas, uh, a ranked Texas, that is, early in the season. Um, I can see how that would uh, look better to the committee than a 30-point loss to an unranked Purdue for the Buckeyes. Uh, but overall, I think OSU should have jumped in there, um, at least at the four spot in the playoff. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm with you. Obviously, I'm not as upset as I was last year. I think Ohio State really should have been in last year over Alabama. And I think Ohio State should have been in this year. I'm not – super upset about it and I can see where the committee's coming from and putting in Oklahoma and Notre Dame and even Georgia above Ohio State. We'll get into that later. Georgia being ahead of Ohio State. But um Notre Dame, yeah, like you said, they don't play in a conference game. They don't play that thirteenth game. They don't win a conference. Ohio State wins a conference. Ohio State has much better wins over the only two comparable games between Ohio State and Notre Dame. Northwestern Ohio State blew out and they also blew out Michigan, Notre Dame Squeaked by both of those teams, although they are good teams, but Ohio State blew them both out. And then um, I'm trying to think of what the final comparable data point is there against Notre Dame. Um, yeah, just the schedule. Ohio State's schedule was way better than Notre Dame. So I think Ohio State, no one was even talking about Notre Dame getting out of the playoff, but I think Oklahoma and Ohio State should have both been in. I think they should have both jumped Notre Dame. I just, I think partially to make a statement to the whole world and to Notre Dame that they need to join a conference, but also because I just don't think Notre Dame deserved it. If you got to play in a conference championship game, and if they would have went 12 and 0 without playing in a conference, but they would have played a decent, decent schedule, then all right, I would have been fine with them being in, but not only did they not play in a conference and they not won a 13th game and not win a conference championship game, but they also just play a God awful schedule. We touched on that in our last, last <laughs> podcast. It is just so bad. The likes of Wake Forest and Vanderbilt and, uh, yeah. I mean, Syracuse ended up being good this year. But then the teams that would have been good on their schedule, Virginia Tech, awful, 6-6. Six and six. USC, 5-7. and seven. Florida State, 5-7. and seven. I mean, their schedule just ended up being god-awful. And the fact that they weren't even in consideration for being out, the fact that they were just a lock, a 99% lock to be in today kind of blew my mind. Yeah, and, and I have to uh, 
call back to our good friends over at, at uh, 97 won the fan, uh, Common Man and T-Bone. Common Man's always saying uh, an unbeaten Notre Dame team will always be into the playoff over a one-loss Ohio State team. And I, I think I agree with him there. It just looks better to the committee that an unbeaten Notre Dame team gets into the playoff. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. So um, I guess the other one I wanted to talk about too is Oklahoma. You touched on it. Um, yeah, I think Ohio State had a good chance to be over Oklahoma. I think they should be over Oklahoma. Obviously, the committee didn't think that, and I never thought they would think that. But to me, man, I think who you beat is more important than who you lost to. Ohio State has a bad loss against Purdue, no doubt. But I think their wins against Michigan and Penn State, number seven, number 12 in the final polls, are just better wins. I guess uh, they also have Northwestern now, are just better wins than Texas, Iowa State, and uh, West Virginia. And to me, that's more important who you beat than who you lose to. And it's also important, you know, how hot you come into the playoff. Ohio State's probably the hottest team in the country right now after blowing out Michigan and blowing out Northwestern. So, you know, for me, I think Ohio State has a little bit of edge over Oklahoma, but I'm not super mad about Ohio State uh, missing out of the playoffs. I don't know if you are. Um, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, like I said the last time you and I talked, uh, I am completely content. Uh, with a trip to Pasadena, and uh, I consider a successful season um, if we end up winning the Rose Bowl game. And I think I think that's a great season for the Buckeyes, and they should be proud uh, of what they've done. All right, so I guess another thing I wanted to talk about here, even though it doesn't matter, I still think it's something we should talk about, and that is Georgia being at five and Ohio State being at six. Yes, I don't understand the reasoning behind this. Uh, Georgia, I believe, being a two-loss team now, uh, with their loss to Alabama, if I'm correct. Um, I just I, – I don't see why they're ahead of Ohio State, uh, just just from the two-loss standpoint, in my opinion. Yeah, I think it shows – even though it doesn't matter, like I just said, Ohio State could have been at 15. They could have been at number five. They won the Big Ten and they weren't in the playoffs, so they were going to the Rose Bowl either way. But I still think it's important because it shows some of the inconsistency of this committee. Um, you put – Oklahoma ahead of Georgia because you say I mean ever Georgia is I test wise Georgia is probably the maybe the second best team in the country um I think everyone would admit that if Georgia and Oklahoma played Georgia would probably win but you put Georgia you put Oklahoma ahead of Georgia because well Oklahoma won their conference and they have one loss but then you put Georgia ahead of Ohio State by saying Georgia looks better on paper, and if Georgia played Ohio State, they'd probably win. So I just feel like those two things kind of – I don't know. They kind of just don't match up. If you're going to – you either got to have Georgia at four and Oklahoma at five and Ohio State in six, or Oklahoma at four and Ohio State at five and Georgia at six. I don't feel like you can really put Georgia in between Oklahoma and Ohio State since they're very similar teams, both at 12 and one. They both won their conference. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I, I truly do think that Georgia is either ahead of both Oklahoma and Ohio State or behind uh, Oklahoma and Ohio State. Yeah, so it just shows some of the inconsistency, inconsistencies of this committee. I just – I don't understand it. Uh, there's a lot of things in this rankings that I don't understand. If you go down, you see Texas is at 15, and West Virginia, I want to say, is at 16, even though West Virginia beat Texas and actually has one more less loss than Texas. They have three losses. Texas has four. Um, there's a few others. Penn State, I think, should be ahead of LSU – and Florida, both in the SEC. But SEC has, I want to say, nine teams in the top 25. There's a lot of things I don't like about these rankings. But at the end of the day, what really matters is uh, the top four. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. The inconsistencies 
of the selection of the uh, by the committee it it just needs it needs to be fixed in my opinion i mean it's not like we saw what it was uh in 2014 yeah yeah i, I kind of like the way that they did it in 2014 it made perfect sense and i'm not just saying that because i'm an ohio state fan but they looked at the team with the better wins one that was ohio state obviously over baylor and tcu they had better wins like wisconsin and uh michigan and penn state the likes of those kind of teams and they were also the hottest team in the country. They just blew out Wisconsin 59 to nothing. And now it seems like they've kind of went away from looking at who you beat and they go more into who you lost. And that's the reason Ohio State's been out the last two years. They lost to Iowa by 31 and they lost to Purdue by 29. Yeah, that's, that's two, year in a, two years in a row. The Big Ten champion uh, has not been seen in, in the college football playoff. And I, I, it just needs to change. Yeah. All right. So that's the next point. Should. How do you feel about playoff expansion? Do you think we should have it, or do you think we should just get a better system with four and maybe like more competent committee members? I absolutely think we need to expand uh, the playoff to at least eight teams. Uh, the eight teams will, will you know, give us more adversity when it comes to seeing different teams get in. Um, you know, better matchups between two teams, maybe even you know, two lost teams getting into a playoff. Um, you know, to keep their keep their season alive, fighting for the big one, and um, you know, just having games like the Rose Bowl and all that be qualifiers or something like mm-hmm. that. It it, it it needs to happen. We need more teams. Yeah, I think it's interesting because, in a way, you have teams like Ohio State and Georgia who definitely deserve to have a shot at the national title. But then at the same time, you can make the case that there's only really two teams that deserve a chance at the national title, and that's Clemson and that's Alabama, and. We'd kind of just be fine with the old BCS system right now. You can just have Clemson and Alabama play each other for the national championship because they're probably so much better than everyone else in the country. So in a way, I want to see expansion. But in a way, I feel like there usually is only a, like you know one or two teams that deserve it. But it's hard. It's hard to tell. It just depends on the year so much. Some years you have one team that's so much better than everyone in the country, and some years you have twelve teams that could all that are all very similar. So it really depends on the year, but. I do like eight just because it gives you a set standard. College football and college basketball are the only sports in American sports where there isn't some sort of set, set standard. Um, obviously, baseball, you got to win your division. And football, you got to win your division. And really just all the American sports, you got to win your division or win this or win that. And college football and basketball are the only one where it's just subjected to what a few humans in a certain room think. And it'd be better to just have a set standard. If you win the Big Ten, you're in. If you win the Pac-12, you're in. If you win the Big 12, you're in. If you win the SEC, you're in, and so on and so forth. Yeah, I, I agree. That's what I was going to say next. Uh, expanding to eight teams allows all conference champions to get in. That way uh, no one's left out like in the past two years with the Big Ten. And and it just allows more adversity. It allows teams to you know, want to fight for it more with the eight spots being there. It'll make them fight a little more in the regular season. And, uh, you know, that'll that'll allow teams like – and I keep mentioning this, but teams like UCF who aren't very like who aren't in a very strong conference, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, go undefeated. It, it allows them to show their stripes and get get them in to play with the big yeah. boys and, and fighting for a national title. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good part. I like eight just because, like you said, the set standard would be nice to have if you win your conference, you're in. But you still get, you know, three at large spots for teams like a Georgia this year who is obviously a very good team, but they play in a conference with Alabama who is just so much better than everyone else this year. And you also get teams like uh, Michigan, who Michigan would probably be in with an 18 playoff this year. 
Um, but yeah, I think it'd be good to go to eight. And I also don't think if you go to eight, I hear the argument that it devalues the regular season, but it kind of doesn't because you got to play in your conference week in and week out. And if you win your conference and you're going, so I don't think it devalues the regular season that much. No, I don't think it devalues it at all. Uh, I, I think it'll actually give teams more confidence, um, you know, to try to want to win games, to get into those eight spots, yeah. uh, you know, to prove their worth to, to the nation and to the committee and, and, you know, to themselves in order to fight for, for a national championship. Yeah. Yeah. I'll probably devalue non-conference games, I guess, but the, the in-conference games, which are most important anyways, will be by far more valued because if you win your conference, you're in, but it, yeah, I mean, this year is a perfect example of why eight would be so nice. You got the five champions, um, Ohio state, Alabama, Clemson, let's see here, uh, Oklahoma and Washington. And then you'd get three great teams in Notre Dame, who's an independent. Um, and then you get Georgia and then it'd probably either be Michigan or UCF, which would actually be a pretty interesting argument this year, uh, between those two. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be kind of a fun one to watch, but yeah, I mean, could you imagine if you had Michigan, Notre Dame, Georgia, Ohio state, Alabama, Oklahoma, all those teams fighting for a national title. I mean, that's must watch TV right there. That that is much watch TV, and and from what I've heard from you know speaking to the public and a lot of people, they're tired of seeing the same, you know, three four teams in the playoff every year. Because mm-hmm. for a couple of years now, it's been you know Alabama, Clemson, uh, either Ohio State, Oklahoma, and Georgia. I mean, it's the same the same group of people in in into the playoff, and they they want to see a little more a little more uh, you know difference in the teams that play. Yeah. All right. So let's get into. Uh... I guess we don't have to get into it, but I just want to read some of the bowl games that we have. I like to go into some things that aren't to do with Ohio sports sometimes. So I'll just go through. Let me find the New Year's Six matchups. So we've obviously got – this thing is so unorganized. Okay. We've obviously got the Cotton Bowl. That is number two, Clemson, versus number three, Notre Dame. The Orange Bowl, number one, Alabama, versus number four, Oklahoma. Um, that will be two of your six New Year's six games, and those will be the two playoff games. And then your New Year's six games, we've got Florida versus Michigan. That would be interesting. Uh, that is the Peach Bowl. Yes. And then our other three New Year's six games, all on January 1st, we've got the Fiesta Bowl, LSU versus UCF. That will be a lot of fun. Um, we'll see if UCF can pull off another big win against this SEC team in a New Year's six bowl game. And then you've got Washington versus Ohio State in the Rose Bowl game. We'll get into that one in a second. And then you have Texas versus Georgia, which is interesting. Texas being ranked 15th and Georgia being ranked 5, uh, playing each other in the Sugar Bowl, 8.45 p.m., January 1st on ESPN. So anything you're looking for out of those New Year's Six games? Um, I will definitely be watching the Michigan-Florida uh, Peach Bowl game. Uh, I'm always looking forward to Michigan losing. It would be great to watch Florida beat them. Uh, as well, <laughs> it's funny, but it's true. And uh, I, I also look to see, you know, UCF pull out another big win in a bowl game. Uh, I'm actually starting to become a fan of UCF. I like what they're doing. Um, you know, as a smaller team in a smaller conference, well, not not a smaller conference, but a lesser uh, known conference. Mm-hmm. And I, I think they can do some big things as a football team. So I look forward to that one. And of course, uh, watching the Buckeyes uh, win over Washington and Pasadena is always a good thing, you know, bringing back the history of the Rose Bowl back to Ohio State. Yeah, I think uh, my relationship with UCF is very sporadic. Um, I liked them last year, and then they did the whole national championship thing, and I couldn't stand them. 
But then they lost their starting yeah. quarterback last week, and they were also down in this game without their starting quarterback, and they fought through that adversity, and they won that game. by They won by 15 points yesterday, too. I don't know if you got to watch any of that game, but – uh, I did. I watched a little bit of it. Yeah, I was actually I was surprised they came back to win when I heard about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they came back to win, and you know they've won twenty five straight. And I think that they they if we get an eighteen playoff, which we will soon, they'll definitely deserve a spot at the table. Although who knows if they'll still be that good in a few years? But I like what they're doing. It's a lot of fun to watch. It'll be interesting to see how motivated LSU is to play UCF. If they aren't, then UCF could probably win this game. But yeah, Texas versus Georgia too. That'll be fun. Two big name teams. Uh, I think it's interesting that Texas gets into a New Year's Six Bowl at 15th ranked and being nine and four, but that's just because that's how uh, college yeah. football is. It's all about the politics and all about how many fans you have and viewers you get, and et cetera. Yes, uh, I'm looking forward to all bowl, all the all the six New Year's Bowl games, and uh, it'll be a very interesting uh, round of football to watch. And I just have high hopes for all the teams that I root for even though I have terrible luck, so all of the teams I root for most likely will lose. But we'll see. We'll see how it happens. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I, like, I like bowl season. I think every year the bowl season comes around and people will kind of trash it and say, oh, there's too many bowl games, blah, 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 blah. And there is too many bowl games. But when it's Tuesday night, January or December 23rd on a Tuesday <laughs> night at 7 p.m., I mean, why not sit down and watch, you know, Boise State play play Idaho? You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> I, I completely agree. I mean, you get sick and tired of watching the same six Christmas movies during Christmas. So you, you got you got to watch something else every now and then. And I, I agree. Yeah. So uh, here's some more notable games. We've got the Citrus Bowl is on January 1st. And that's Kentucky versus Penn State. Probably the best non-New Year's Six Bowl game. You've got number 12 Penn State versus number 14 Kentucky. That will be 1 p.m. on ABC. January 1st in general is going to be a great day, as it should be. That, that's a staple of college football, January 1st. Obviously, we got the Rose Bowl. Texas versus Georgia, like I said, LSU versus UCF. Then Kentucky versus Penn State, probably the best non-year six bowl game. And then at noon, the Outback Bowl, which is a pretty prestigious bowl. That's non-year six. It's Mississippi State versus Iowa. Pretty good one there. Yeah, uh, I look forward to um, the the Kentucky game. That I I look forward to Kentucky actually showing their stripes, uh, what they can do in football. Um, everybody knows they're known for their basketball, um, so it's exciting to see them actually get a pretty good bowl game, um, from a football standpoint. Yeah, a few other more notables. We've got Northwestern taking on Utah. So the losers of the Pac-12 and the Big Ten championship game. So kind of a a Rose Bowl light. That's on December thirty first, New Year's Eve, the Holiday Bowl. Um, we've got Oregon versus Michigan State, a pretty good game. We've got, let's see, South Carolina versus Virginia, not bad. Maybe find some more Big Ten teams here. We've got Wisconsin-Miami, a bowl game of two very big-name programs who had awful years. Both teams are 7-5, and Wisconsin-Miami. Um, Minnesota versus Georgia Tech, and there's really not too much other things notable. But, you know, do you root for the Big Ten teams pretty hard in these games? Uh, yes, I root for all Big Ten teams except Michigan. Uh, everybody else can win. Michigan, he, they, I don't care if they win. Well, that's yeah, that's exactly what happened else. last bowl season, so you <laughs> must have been happy. Yes, I was very happy last year with that. <laughs> yes, I look forward uh, to the Big Ten showing up and uh, uh, showing the nation that the Big Ten is here to play. Yeah, I'm not as radical maybe. I think 
SEC versus Big Ten, man, Florida versus Michigan, it's going to be hard for me not to want the Big Ten. If it was maybe any other conference Michigan was playing, I might I might go against Michigan just because I like to see them be miserable. But playing an SEC team, I, I might just not watch that game. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably a good choice, but I will definitely watch and let you know how what happens. So. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to the Rose Bowl, obviously. And that's Ohio State. They're going to the Rose Bowl. They missed out on the playoffs, but they're going to the very prestigious Rose Bowl. And that's the first question I have here. Is the Rose Bowl the best non-playoff bowl? Uh, yes, I, I think it is, uh, just from a history standpoint. Um, I mean, for a while, the Rose Bowl was the game to get into. Mm-hmm. The, the two best teams got into the Rose Bowl, um, you know, to face off in, the, in a classic gridiron in a gridiron match, I think I think yes, the Rose Bowl is the best non uh, non playoff game there is. Yeah, yeah, it it just has that prestige around it. Like you said, back in the fifties, sixties, seventies, eighties, even nineties, whoever won the Rose Bowl was probably going to end up winning the national championship. We saw that with the Buckeyes back in the sixties and seventies. You know, they won the national title in sixty uh, eight, I believe. That was when they beat USC. Uh, against OJ Simpson and you know that was the that was the year they won the national title under Woody Hayes that was the first year Bo Schembecker was coaching against Woody Hayes so I mean it's just just so much prestige around it Archie Griffin back in the day man running all over people in the Rose Bowl we played OJ Simpson in the Rose Bowl Um, Eddie George played in the Rose Bowl it's just so much prestige around it it's got to be the best non-playoff bowl by a mile it just there's something different to it obviously the Everyone says that bowl games that aren't the playoff games don't mean anything, but if there's one that does, it has to be the Rose Bowl. Uh, yeah, it, I completely agree. 100% Rose Bowl, all the history, it, it's the best. Yeah, so talking about the prestige, and, you know, it's a pretty important game, do you think any players will sit, sit out the game? Um, I don't know. I know Haskins has confirmed that he is going to play in the Rose Bowl. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, someone said they weren't going to on the defense. I didn't really read into it. Um, I think I think everybody will continue to play in the Rose Bowl. I definitely think Haskins, if I could just jump on this for a second, uh, mm-hmm. I think Haskins, um, you know, everybody, his decision to leave to go to the NFL draft, uh, I think Haskins has the ability to play at the next level. Uh, I think it, it would benefit him to stay at Ohio State for one more year. Um, just to be developed, you know, develop those raw points um, that he still struggles with a little bit and then move on to the, the the draft after that. But, yeah, I think the Rose Bowl will benefit him if he plays in that and then another season at Ohio State. Yeah, I think uh, – yeah, I mean, he pretty much confirmed that he's going to play in the Rose Bowl. I don't think he necessarily, like, confirmed it, but he's been tweeting, you know, excited to go to L.A. He's His Twitter handle is Twitter – um name is already his name with a rose at the end so he seems like he's pretty excited to play in the rose bowl and he's a big ohio state guy he was a fan of ohio state when he was a kid obviously every time you watch ohio state you see the video of him a 10 year old kid saying he was going to be you know number seven he was going to be the ohio state quarterback and now he's number seven he's the ohio state quarterback and i think he understands how prestigious and how much the rose bowl means to ohio state fans because he is an ohio state fan himself and so he gets it. Um, and even though it's not a playoff game, and even though he's probably going to be the NFL, I think he's going to play this game. And Dwayne Haskins has never really been anywhere near an injury this year anyways. He's a big guy, and he plays in the pocket. So it's like he's running around a lot anyways. He's not that prone to injuries anyways. Not to jinx it, but 
I don't think he's too worried about getting injured, and I think he understands how prestigious the Rose Bowl is, which is good to see. And it's good to see that he's motivated and excited to play in the Rose Bowl. And I think that's good to see. We saw it last night, too, with the Big Ten. I was scared to see if these guys are going to be excited to go out and win a Big Ten championship game. And they were. You could see the fire on out on that field. Obviously, there was some hope to get into the playoff, but for the most part, those guys on the field had to know they weren't going to make it into the playoff. So they were playing on raw emotion to want to win the Big Ten. I think – Hopefully they go out and do the same in the Rose Bowl. And I guess that's the next question. What do you expect to see early? It's obviously early on, about a month till this game. But what do you expect to see Ohio State versus Washington? Uh, I actually I expect to see about the same as what we saw last night in the Big Ten championship game. Um, I think Ohio State will definitely uh, fix the problems with penalties, I at least at hope, a little bit and get the play calling a little better. Much like we did see against uh, Michigan, just Ohio State out coaching the other team. Um, I haven't watched a whole lot of Washington. I know they're they. I believe they play a pretty fast tempo offense, um, so that'll match up against Ohio State's defense pretty well. Um, hopefully, Ohio State's defense can get the jump uh, on the on Washington's offense and get to the quarterback a little bit, uh, get a few sacks and hurries, and maybe snag a couple interceptions. Uh, but overall, I think it'll be a good game for the Buckeyes. Uh, to go out and get a win in Pasadena. Yeah, I think this will be an important game uh, for Ohio State to win. You want to go out there and win this game because this is the difference right here between, at least in my opinion, uh, maybe not, but maybe the difference between a successful season and not. Obviously, if you lose this game, it is a, you know, quote-unquote meaningless bowl game, and you still win your conference, and you still beat Michigan, and you still go to Happy Valley and win. So that would still be a somewhat successful season, but this would really put it over the top for me and making it, you know, a successful season and a season I would look back on maybe 20 years from now and be like, yeah, we didn't win the national championship, but man, that team fought through a lot of adversity. Urban Meyer missed the first three games. He missed training camp. This team still went on the road and happy Valley won, even though they're down 13 points with six minutes left, they blew out their rival. Um, They won a lot of close games in the big 10 that they could have easily lost. They won the big 10 and they won the Rose bowl. And that could be a very successful season. Obviously, Dwayne Haskins is the quarterback. So this could be a season we look back on 20, 25 years from now. Yeah, yes, I completely agree with you. I will definitely look back on this season as, I mean, at least in my opinion, a Rose Bowl win or not, I think it is a very successful season um, just because of the fact that we didn't have Urban Meyer for the first three games and Ryan Day being able to come out and, you know, take over the reins very well. Uh, everyone says that he is the head coach in training uh, when Urban Meyer leaves. Um, or retires or, you know, does what he does. Uh, so I think being able to come back from that and, uh, you know, coming back to beat Penn State and driving Michigan into the freaking ground, I think it's amazing what they were able to do with that. So, I mean, win or loss, it's it's a good season for me as an Ohio State fan. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah, in terms of the game, I, I didn't really touch on it, Ohio State-Washington. I think – It'll be interesting. Picking bowl games is nearly impossible because it comes down to like 80% of motion just because there's some teams you get certain matchups where, you know, certain teams just want to win more than the other because some teams go in with the approach that this is a meaningless bowl game. Um, it will be a big deal in a lot of games this bowl, this bowl season. LSU, UCF, most notable, I think. Well, UCF, obviously UCF's going to be very motivated. How motivated will LSU be? I think that's similar here. I think Ohio State is a much more talented team than Washington. Um, they're a pretty slow team, not great in offense, not great in defense, pretty good in defense. Um, their defense versus our offense will definitely be something to watch. 
But I think it all comes down to motivation. If Ohio State wants to win, similar to last night, if Ohio State wants to win the game, they're going to win the game. Yeah, I, I agree. Emotion plays a big part in any bowl game um, for any team. You, you have to want to be there uh, in order to win. And that, that's for any game, really, in, in the regular season or, or, you know, bowl or playoff. You, you have to want to be there. Uh, you have to have the confidence and, you know, you have to want to have the will to win in order to win. And I think it'll be huge for uh, for that UCF-LSU bowl game and uh, for the Ohio State-Washington game as well. Yeah. You just get that final that Ohio State basketball won? Uh, I did not, actually. Oh, yeah, that was my ESPN app. Yeah, I just saw that. <laughs> I could hear it. So yeah. I, I, had, I, I have the Ohio State game in the background, so I was just <laughs> guessing. <laughs> yeah, Ohio State basketball. I mean, obviously, Ohio State podcast, Ohio, Ohio in general podcast. Ohio State beats Minnesota 79-59. to That's a very good win. First. Uh, Big Ten game of the season, and now Ohio State's 7-1. They had that loss to Syracuse Wednesday night, unfortunately, but Syracuse is a very good team. They've already beaten some good teams, and now they're 1-0 in the Big Ten. And uh, This is definitely a team that's going to make the tournament. It's became more of a question of how high of a seed are they going to be. I don't know if you watch any Big Ten or Ohio State basketball. I do. I love Ohio State hoops. Um, yes, they are showing very good strengths this season. Um Coming into the beginning of the season unranked, and uh, I believe they were 15th the last I checked, 16th. Um, so being able to jump that far ahead in that little time is completely outstanding. Uh, you know, compared to last season, yes, this is a very this team is a very good competitor uh, for March Madness this year, and they will go very far in my bracket, and hopefully, it doesn't get busted. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of people last year said this the high state team was not going to be any good and they ended up proving everyone wrong and they were one game away from winning the big 10 and they won a game in the tournament. And then this year, you know, it was the same thing. They're not going to be any good this year and they're off to a flying start seven and one. And the beginning of the year, the question was more, will Ohio state make the tournament? They were probably going to be a bubble team. People thought. And after the start, it looks more like how high of a seed are they going to be? Can they make it even all the way up to a four or five seed? Cause they're looking very good. And then next season, man, next season, they're going to be super good. They got the third yes. best recruiting class in the nation for next year. So excited for Ohio State hoops. But finally on the Rose Bowl, the last thing I wanted to say was that I do run a uh, Ohio State account that has 20,000 followers. And I tweeted out because I wanted to get a view on the people. I wanted to get what the people were thinking. And I said, you know, if Ohio State wins at Happy Valley, they beat Michigan, they win the Big Ten, and they win the Rose Bowl as a successful season or is all that matters, the national championship. I get like 200 replies. I want to say like 190 of them were uh, positive and saying that it would be a successful season. Good. I agree. The rest of those people have said it wasn't. You can jump in a hole. All right. You don't know what you're talking about. Uh, Yeah. I do think it will be a successful season. Yeah. Yeah. I think we definitely both agree on that. I do understand where the other people are coming from. You know, we've gotten to this point where Ohio State fans are so spoiled, but. It's yeah. still college football. It's just so hard. I mean, it's just sports in general. It's impossible to win the championship every year. I mean, even Alabama, they've been so dominant the last, like, 15 years. I want to say they've won, like, eight of the last 16. And even with that, all that dominance, that's every other year they're not winning the national championship. I mean, it's just hard to win every single – it's hard to compete for the national title every year. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, you know, a lot of people saying, well, Alabama has, you know, the, the strength to be able to compete – well, Nick Saban is a football god, so we can't really compare ourselves to that. So, Yeah, I mean, yeah. 
Yeah, it's unfor- obviously we want to be Alabama, and it's unfortunate that we're not. But, I mean, everyone else in the country besides Alabama would want to be us. So, you know, I mean, think just be happy you weren't born somewhere like Idaho or, yeah. you know, oh, I mean, like Tennessee or, you know, anywhere like that where you're a fan of one of those teams or even a fan of a non-Power 5 team. So, you know, you're very lucky to be an Ohio State fan if you're listening to this and Obviously, winning the Rose Bowl, I think, and winning the Big Ten and beating Michigan is a solid, solid season. But Dwayne Haskins, the man, the myth, the legend, what do you think about him for Heisman? Obviously, the other two competitors are Tua Tagovailoa and Kyler Murray. It looks like at this point, Kyler Murray is going to win it, and Dwayne Haskins and Tua are kind of just fighting it out for second. But there's still a chance Dwayne or Tua could win it, but who do you think should win it? Uh, I, I think uh, I think Dwayne Haskins should win it just for what he's done with this Ohio State team. I mean, he is having an outstanding year uh, just coming out and, you know, just doing his job, getting the wins for Ohio State uh, when the defense has struggled uh, against certain teams. And it's, I mean, throwing for almost 500, for one yard short of 500 yards in a Big Ten championship team is outstanding, is an outstanding stat. I mean, his yards per pass are, you know, around 12 and stuff like that. If you look at the stats, it's, He's just he's having a fantastic year, and I think it, it outbeats anybody else. Yeah, I think it's uh, usually going into the final week of the Heisman, at least ever, ever since I've been alive, it feels like we always know who's going to win it when we go into the ceremony. I don't know if you agree with that. Uh, yeah, I, I do agree. Um, unfortunately, I do think that uh, Kyler Murray is going to win just based on you know the season that Oklahoma has had. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Dwayne Haskins has earned it uh, more than he has, but you know I I'm not the one who votes, so I'm yeah. not the one who picks. Yeah, I think what I was trying to say is just it feels like every year going into the Heisman, the actual ceremony, the night of, it feels like we always know who's going to win. I think it's a a lot closer this year. This is the first time in a long time. Um, most likely, like you said, Kyler Murray is going to win, but this it's a little bit different this year. Like maybe Tua or Dwayne can win it. In terms of what I think, though, Dwayne Haskins, I think, uh, obviously trying not to be super biased on this podcast. It is an Ohio State podcast, but I think Dwayne Haskins should win it. I think Ohio State should have been in the playoff, and I think Dwayne Haskins should win this. And I, I think it's pretty simple logic here. Dwayne Haskins has the best numbers out of everyone. He has more passing yards and more passing touchdowns than Kyler Murray. Um, and he plays in a tougher conference, or at least not a maybe not a tougher conference, but he plays in a conference that has way better defense. Kyler Murray, if you watch week in and week out, the defense he's playing against, it is just absurd. I mean, just watch this Texas game. Watch the West Virginia game especially. I mean, I could throw for like 300 yards a night in the Big 12. I mean, these guys are just wide open. I mean, it's just absurd how wide open they are. Dwayne Haskins is doing what he's doing against teams like Michigan State, Michigan. Those teams were at some po- one point this year number one and number two in overall defense. So, I mean, Dwayne Haskins is doing it against way better competition, and he has better stats than all of them. So, I just I, – I'm surprised that he's not more in the conversation than he is right now. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I, I think, uh, you know, Dwayne Haskins finishing out the year, uh, you know, not counting this future Rose Bowl, but with over 4,000 yards himself, which is, is incredible. And, you know, to pass to multiple receivers who I think – Ohio State this season had four receivers over a thousand yards uh, for the first time in program history, and that alone should make him stand out uh, for the Heisman Trophy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, great year for Jawain. Um, 
I'm trying to think. I don't know if there's anything else you want to touch on today, though. Uh, nope, I've covered everything. I think we're I think we're good to go, man. Yeah, this has been solid. I've enjoyed it. It went a lot longer than I thought, although it might be. I'm trying to think of how how I want to do the Browns. I don't know if I want to do another segment by myself or if I just want to make a whole other podcast discussing Ohio sports for the last week. Yeah, yeah, uh, I didn't I didn't watch any of the Browns today, so I can't really help you out on that one. Yeah, yeah, I'll probably just bring someone else on tomorrow. I'll do a whole podcast about you know everything Ohio State, Ohio bas- high State basketball, Browns, Bengals, maybe do all that good stuff. But yeah. Overall, solid podcast, and I'm extremely excited for bowl season. College football is by far my favorite uh, sport uh, by a lot, and bowl season I enjoy a lot more than I guess most people do because a lot of people trash it. I really love bowl season. I, I agree. I, I look forward to bowl season every year. Uh, you know, it's it's just it's a good time, man. It's a good time to good time to watch football. Yeah, especially this this stretch we've got from December twenty sixth. To January first, man. Um, from December fifteenth to December twenty second, you've got a week where almost all the bowl games are non-power five against non-power five. But December twenty sixth, the day after Christmas, that's usually when things heat up, and it is again this year. You got Boston College, Boise State, Minnesota, Georgia Tech, TCU, California, Duke versus Temple, Wisconsin versus Miami, Baylor versus Vanderbilt, Purdue versus Auburn, Syracuse versus West Virginia, Iowa State versus Washington State. Uh, Florida, Michigan, South Carolina, Virginia, Clemson, Notre Dame, Alabama, Oklahoma, Virginia Tech versus Cincinnati. Cincinnati gets a New Year's Eve bowl game, surprisingly, against Virginia Tech, a very big-name program, so that's cool. Pittsburgh versus Stanford, Oregon versus Michigan State, Northwestern, Utah, LSU, UCF, Ohio State, Washington, Texas, Georgia. So that's a a six-day stretch right there, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, bowl season, man. It's Christmas after Christmas. It's fantastic. Exactly. I love it, man. But, yeah, uh, I think that'll do it for me. I don't think I got anything. I'm surprised this went as long as it did. Yeah, yeah, me too. Just, hey, Buckeye Nation, and Haskins we trust, baby. Keep it going. Yes, sir, and Haskins we trust. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure what I'm going to do with this podcast now that Ohio State doesn't play football. Obviously, they got this Rose Bowl game coming up, but and there's still basketball, and there's still NFL football, but. Between two guys and one mic in Ohio versus the world, I'm, I'm not sure it's going to be tough to push out content now. <laughs> I agree with you. It's going to be really hard. <laughs> so we'll find a way to make it work. We'll, we'll try to get really in-depth into the basketball season. But, yeah, super excited to play in the Rose Bowl, and uh, I'm sure I'll get you on soon, man. Yeah, thanks for having me again. All right, that will do it for Ohio versus the world.